Commissioner Felicia Alessandro? Here. Commissioner Martha Knudsen? Here. Commissioner Michael Pappas? Here. And Commissioner Teddy Vrijes? Here. Also, please note that Executive Director Shereen McSpadden is present. At this time, the Commission asks that you silence all mobile phones and other sound producing devices. Thank you. And before proceeding, I would like my fellow commissioners to be aware that there is now a way to let me know if you wish to speak. There is a little place to push on the screen. Your name will pop up and you will be called in the order in which you push that button, if it works. If not, <laughs> we'll just figure out another way. Thank you. Um, may I have a motion to approve the April 3rd agenda? So moved. Thank you. Do I have a second? Second. Any changes or modifications? Hearing none, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Thank you. The motion carries. May I have a motion to approve the minutes from the March 6, 2019 meeting? Uh, so moved. Second. Any discussion? Any comments or suggestions from the uh, public? Hearing none, call the question. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Thank you. The motion carries. Item four, reports. Executive Director Shereen McSpadden. Welcome, Shereen. Good morning, Commissioners. Um, and I just want to extend a, a welcome to Commissioner Elizondo. Um, really happy to have you. And I wasn't here for your first meeting last time, so I just wanted to publicly say welcome. Thank you. And um, so last month, at this same time, I was actually in Washington, D.C. for the National Association of Area Agencies on Aging Policy Briefing. And that's an annual event that happens. It's a two-day event where we get to learn about um, what's happening with the legislature, what's happening with the administration at the federal level, kind of get some ideas about um, where things are going with the administration on community living, and um, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, and also just hear from legislators or their aides about kind of the direction um, that people are thinking in terms of funding for aging and aging services in this case. And so it's always really, it's always really informative and kind of gives you a flavor of what's happening on the Hill and in, within the administration. So, um, I got a chance to go, and there were other Californians who got a chance to go. And one of the things that we do when we're there, besides learn about what's happening, is we also get to visit our our leaders um, on the Hill. So we got a chance to go and visit with Nancy Pelosi's office, Kamala Harris's office, Dianne Feinstein's office, and Jackie Spear. And um, it was really, I think, you know, I've been doing this for many years, and I, th I feel like there's a little bit of a momentum, finally, with respect to how people are thinking about aging and how people are realizing that some aging is something that's important to think about and to address and to fund. And so the, the thing that we were talking about really with them was overall issues that we see in San Francisco and California as a whole, um, certainly talking about the age wave, you know, um, the growing population of older adults and the importance of providing services and thinking about things like insurance and what people are going to do when, how, how, you know, can people afford to retire, housing, all those things. Um, it also was a chance to advocate for the reauthorization of the Older Americans Act, which sunsets on September 30th. And so we were asking specifically for 
to, for the reauthorization to happen, but also to think about, um, to ask them for increases in some areas of the Older Americans Act, specifically f um, money for caregivers and money for things like case management and community services. And we focused on those because it's, um, in the past we've focused specifically on nutrition and um, we thought this time maybe a different tactic, a better tactic would be to focus on the things that are not so obvious, right? So it's very easy for leaders and let, you know, legislators to understand the need for food and food insecurity issues, and we still think that's very important, but we wanted to highlight some other parts of the act which don't get as much attention. And so we got really good feedback, I, I felt, and we also had people asking for some of our reports that our, our fantastic planning and program staff and, and budget staff have put together. So we were able to share, well, in our consultants, and we were able to share the, afterward the community needs assessment and the deeper dives that our planning staff put together um, and you know send them on to um, all of those offices. And people were really thankful to have data from San Francisco that really talks about some of the issues that are happening here but that are widespread across the country. So I think all in all, it was a good visit. It felt really positive. Um, and while I was there, I also attended the board meeting of the National Association of Area Agencies on Aging and as the, the delegate for, for California. So it was a good meeting. And then I think, um, I think it was last week, there was a meeting of the California Association of Area Agencies on Aging in San Francisco. We had our, our bi-monthly meeting. And the meeting, rather than just be a board meeting, um, we were able to have a hearing with Assembly Member Nazarian, who is the lead on aging issues now in the Assembly. And he's put forward a couple of bills that are still very much, you know, in the early stages, but really bills that together combine this idea of having a master plan on aging. And really, it's not just aging, they need to change the name of that and start thinking about it differently because there are a lot of things in there that would affect people with disabilities as well um, and improve coordination at the state level. So that, you know, I think it was really great. It was really heartening to have him come to the C4A board meeting and talk with us and, and hear people's concerns. It was an expanded board meeting, so there were a lot of people who got to call in. A lot of affiliate, um, you know, affiliate organizations were there representing both people with disabilities and older adults. And so it, it seemed very positive. And, and again, it seems like there's some real momentum at the state level as well as at the federal level to think about aging and how we address the needs of older adults, and in this case also people with disabilities. So that was good. Um, at the local level, we are continuing to work with the mayor's office around the specifics of the DOS budget, and um, of course as part of the Human Services Agency budget as a whole. Um, and we don't, you know, right now we're still waiting. There's back and forth on some issues with the mayor's budget office, and we'll wait to see exactly where our budget comes out, but we'll be talking about that, um, you know, soon with final numbers and all of that stuff, so you'll have that information. And then um, I think just I wanted to make one um, announcement that I'm just going to add on to my report, if that's okay. I was asked to announce that um, Reverend Fred Hubbard passed away last week, or I think it was last week. And for those of you who didn't know him, um, Reverend Hubbard was the director, the executive director of Western Edition Senior Services for many years, so a lot of us worked very closely with him. 
and his funeral will be Friday, April 5th at 11 at First AME Zion Church. So I just wanted to add that and, and really to say that he was, you know, he really had a great vision when he put that center together. He had, his heart was um, always with older adults in, um, in the Fillmore district and he was a delight to work with. He was a delightful person and I just wanted to, to let people know that that was happening this Friday and that he had passed away. So I think that's it. Thank you, Shireen. Any comments or questions from the commission? Any comments or questions from the public? Thank you very much. The next item is employee recognition. Um, direct executive, the DOS Commission and Executive Director Shireen McSpadden will recognize Krista Blythe Gaeta, Sarah Huff Verberg, Elizabeth London, Lucas Swanson, and Luciana Tse from the DOS Wellness Committee. All right, you guys should be running up here since you're the wellness committee. <laughs> Jogging. Come, come on up. <laughs> okay. So, one of the things that has happened at, um, within the city, within the city family, as we like to say, um, is that the health services system has put together a wellness program and really focused on um, working with departments to ensure that um, to ensure that we have that we're thinking about employee wellness and we're thinking about employee wellness in a variety of ways, right? So thinking about eating well, thinking about eating fresh fruits and green things and orange things and yellow things, um, thinking about mindfulness and exercise and caring for each other. And I think it's, you know, it's really a great thing for us to do. We, we focus so much on the people we're serving, which is obviously why we're here and it's very important, but self-care is also very important. And the health services system recognized that. And, and I think um, I'd, I'd like to say Liz um, was the first person who got really involved in this and last year, we went to um, an award ceremony at Health Services System and we saw some other departments get some awards and Liz said, we're gonna get that award next year. <laughs> That's gonna be us, right? And so we have this fantastic team of people, like we're missing one person, we're missing Krista, right? Um, who's our, our, our wellness champion. Um, but we have this fantastic team of people who've really come together and said, you know, how can we ensure that we're thinking about wellness in all of our programs in DOS, and, and what can we do? What exciting things can we do to get people inspired? And so you guys have come up with some really innovative and exciting ways to think about wellness and to think about how we engage employees in wellness. And it's been all sorts of things from like salad days to, um, you know, these little s passport stamps where you go through these different stations and and you know, get stamped and so to show that you've learned about something new with, re with respect to wellness or exercise, and um, there are all kinds of things. And so, it's really, it's really heartening to hear and see what you guys have worked on, and to hear employees and, and you know our staff in general get excited about being well and thinking about yoga and thinking about things that maybe we don't get to celebrate at work. So, um, I really appreciate what you've done. I think that. I've always thought that this is really important and I've always wanted to encourage us taking some time out for ourselves and to think about wellness. So 
I appreciate your leadership on this. I'm sorry that Krista's not here too, but um, just wanted to thank you all. And I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, since I just spent so much time yakking, I'm not gonna um, read this, but I'm gonna pass it on to you so you can see what was said about you um, for the people who put this together, okay? So thanks so much. And I, we have certificates for each one of you. So. Oh, they're right here. So Sarah. So much. <laughs> All right. Okay. Liz, thank you so much. Yeah. I just wanted to say something, um, and I've seen other um, programs try to implement health, uh, health, health programs within their agency, and it really took Shireen to appoint someone that was a leader for it to be successful. So I really want to say thank you to you. Thank you. Next on the agenda is the Advisory Council, Diane Lawrence. Welcome, Diane. Thank you, Commissioners. Um, I was um, able to join Shireen and Tom last month, which is why Ellie um, Lurie, um, who I appreciate, did the report, and that was a great experience to be in Washington and hear those presentations and uh, be able to visit with our legislators. Um, so the Advisory Council met on um, March 20th, and we had a presentation. We're trying, I think I've mentioned before, each month or every other month have a presentation so we can have some time for discussion because our meeting, we have a tight time frame. So this month, one of the areas that Council was interested in was on the contracting process. So John uh, Titsukawa and Michael Zog came and presented uh, to the Council a presentation on how the contracting process works. Um, it was an open dialogue. We had some good questions, and I think um, their presentation helped the advisory council members understand the process for the items that um, you approve each month. Um, the Pedestrian Safety Committee did a very brief update, um, and since uh, that was a topic on the, they hadn't met since the February Advisory Council and their meeting on Friday, but they have us all focused very much on um, Pedestrian safety, I was monitoring clock down, uh, countdown clocks in D.C. and width of uh, crosswalks. Um, two site visits were given. We're getting better at our site visits. Uh, we did the, um, one of our members did the Castro Street Senior Center at Most Holy Redeemer, Community Services, and then the Gi Moon Senior Center, and both were very positive reviews. Um, we had our regular LGBT updates, and Director McSpadden had reported on the fifth anniversary celebration of the LGBT task force. 11 of the 13 recommendations have been implemented, and there are two remaining that um, city committees are working on. And then lastly, the Dignity Fund Oversight and Advisory Committee, our representatives gave an update. The um, 
services, Dignity Fund services and allocation plan for 2020 and 2023 funding plan has been released. So that was, um, and then I gave an update on the um, C4A policy meeting that I had attended the week before DC. Thank you, Diane. Any comments or questions from the commission? I just wanted to make note of the fact that um, the LGBT Senior Task Force uh, was incubated in the HRC's uh, advisory committee, LGBT advisory committee, which at two different times in history, Thanks. Commissioner Knudsen and I chaired, and, and it gives us great pleasure to see how far it's come. Yep. Thank you. you. Any other comments or questions? Any comments or questions from the public? Thank you, Diane. <laughs> Well, you're right back. Uh, so I'm just going to the here. joint. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm working on getting a new chair for the ledge committee, um, but we've just lost a member, so it may take a little bit. So this was our first meeting, uh, looking at the bills for this new two-year session, um, and that is a yeoman task. Uh, there are 36 bills uh, that are moving there, and nine budget items, and. Um, our plan for this coming year is we're only going to, over time, we'll only track those bills where there are changes and, um, and those that seem to have traction. Given that it's a two-year cycle, we probably might not see some until next year. Um, there are already some competing and conflicting bills that are probably going to need to do some work to pull bills together, and I'll give you a highlighted summary. Um, so we would expect to see some consolidation. A number of these are... Um, some, no doubt, will be two-year bills. We can't figure out which ones those are since this will be a, a two-year cycle. But the time ha is, has passed for any new pieces of legislation um, to um, be introduced. And some of these are repeats, not only from last year, from last session, but the session before. So um, we'll keep moving there. So again, there are 36 bills. There are five on the master plan on aging. This is something the governor called for in his budget. Um, and this is different than the um, Older Californians Act, which they're looking at. There are seven Medi-Cal bills, everything from increases and waivers and eligibilities. Four on the Older Californians Act, I'll talk a little bit more about that from the TAC meeting, which will be called the Community Living Act. One of the goals is to try and parallel this more to the federal level, and there are two of those. There are seven bills that are on residential care facilities, long-term care, caregiver resource, tax deductions for caregivers, couple, um, three for veterans housing and rental assist assistance, and those that um, focus on veterans, um, elder and dependent care abuse, including mandated reporting, so there's a, some traction there, criminal background checks for care facility employees, I think there are two bills there, IHSS has a few in the hopper, um, Alzheimer's, and the governor has established a task force on the subject, and Maria Shriver is a key lead there. And she's done a phenomenal amount of work given her father's um, bout with Alzheimer's. Um, Scott Wiener's introduced cleanup legislation for SB 1045, the conservatorship bill. Um, we knew there was going to have to be some, and that's been in place, and I'll make sure you have that update. And then um, Senator Wiener's also introduced a bill on pedestrian safety. And we would like to see as a council and alleged committee, but we didn't have um, time to go there at this time, we will in our uh, April meeting, that the language in the bill be strengthened to really call out seniors and adults with disabilities. It's a little vague 
in terms of how things are viewed and looked at in studies, but we really wanted that to be called out because um, that's of particular concern. Um, and then there's one federal bill, which is on the money follows persons. This is H.R. 7217 uh, by Representative Barton. He's out of Texas. And it's to um, preserve, it's an extension of the money follows person and of the special spousal impoverishment provisions of um, Medicare. And the bill was sent to the Senate in December and nothing's been done since then. Um, and then the senior legislature is sponsoring the following six topics, <clears throat> labeling of prescription drugs, which we've seen before. This would have an opt-out feature so that if I didn't want it specified on the label what the underlying illness was, I could um, specify that. And um, at the TAC meeting, one of our members who's um, mentioned that the disabled community is concerned about that because it makes it very obvious that what people are being cared for. And so there are pros and cons on both sides there. Uh, transportation, seniors and access to transportation for medical services. This is really important in rural areas where you have extensive geography and not public transportation or things like paratransit. Um, financial elder abuse, I mentioned that earlier, mandated reporting. This was a bill we saw last year that kind of got watered down, so we expect to see, um, and there's some modifications there. The veterans housing, affordable rental, uh, false safe housing, and then there are ones where there's no there are no bills yet. Dental insurance, affordable housing for elderly, for the elderly. Electric vehicle charging stations, and this would specify that there be space for a van in electric charging areas. Um, one on homelessness and persons with disabilities. And the goal here is when they do the counts of individuals that they specify the number of homeless. Um, when they do the counts of the number of homeless, that they specify the number of seniors and individuals with disabilities. And then um, a travel safety bill. This goes back to the grab bars we talked about last session, uh, where this would require public um, accommodations to have the grab bars. So we'll see where those go, and we'll have more next month. Thank you, Diane. Diane, in the, on the pedestrian safety issue, San Francisco and other communities are pushing for greater bicycle lanes and more bicyclists. And Speaking personally, I've never been run down by an automobile, but I have been run down by a bicyclist. And I often see them on sidewalks. Uh, and is there any attempt, the Bicycle Coalition is extremely well organized. Is, is there any attempt to regulate bicyclists and have them comply with the law? I think we have an ordinance in San Francisco uh, that basically gives them, if there's no safety hazard, they can roll through. Uh, there was an accident this morning at 37th and Fulton outside the Golden Gate Park Senior Center where somebody was, and I believe um, it was, no, it was a car, and the driver stayed, and that person was taken. But um, the, I, remember, I heard somebody on the news this morning comment, you know, about bicyclists hitting. So I think that's a, definitely a topic that the pedestrian safety um, and Vision Zero has just come out with some of its reports and the city has responded to that. So I think that'll be a topic Friday for our meeting. If, if I could, yes. um, uh, 
what I think we're trying to do is, at the subcommittee level is to come up with a list of things that we consider uh, primary issues for s seniors and the disabled so that we play a particularly uh, important like niche part of this whole discussion and our our goal will be that that becomes part of the any of these vision right. zero reports any of these advocacy efforts uh, start they start to think about and incorporate th those items so as we learn them as we gather our information we're going to kind of create a um, I wouldn't it's not quite a bill of rights yet, but, no, but, but that kind of thing where you have these and that that would every, everything that people think of is welcome at this point, in other words. Right. And we would we would try to incorporate that and have it go through a process where we g agree and things like that on it. But that as we become advocates, people start to talk about the rights of seniors and, and pedestrians and uh, the disabled as they're doing construction projects in the city, uh, planning, you know, new new um, transportation alternatives. So we're, I, I feel like we've, we felt like we really have a niche mm -hmm. to fill here. So it feels like we have a real, a good purpose and um, that has definitely come up. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. It's, Thank it's you. everybody's concern. Mm -hmm. And just the length of the, you know, what we've talked about the countdown clocks, Vaness has been kind of our model to work from, and we're getting ready for Gary to for work to be done there. And they've done a lot of work on Slope, which was another area out in my neighborhood. So it's um, it, it's a real concern. It's a challenge. Yeah. It is, and it's definitely a challenge. Mm -hmm. And there are so many groups. I mean, that I think is the thing that surprised us. There's so many groups, and then we found out in this process there is a county department of transportation. And we didn't realize that there was a city department and a county department, but the county department, I found out, is probably where the federal money goes. Oh, so. I see. <laughs> we make and sure. we do have lots of ordinances in San Francisco, but that doesn't stop bicyclists from being on sidewalks. So, um, anyway. And I, I don't want to uh, overstep Vision Zero, but it might be interesting to invite the Bicycle Coalition here to, to, to tell us about their, the measures that they are undertaking for, uh, to protect seniors. That's a good suggestion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Any other comments or questions regarding the advisory council for Diane? Any from the public? Hearing none, Diane, you get to stay again. Okay. <laughs> so Dark. I've been busy. Um, so we, oh, oh. I'm sorry. It's okay, Jessica. Please come forward. My apologies. Hi, Jessica Lehman with Senior and Disability Action. Um, some of you probably knew I, I would uh, have some comments to make about pedestrian safety, and I'm so glad that the commission is looking at this topic. So I want to let you know that um, the Vision Zero Coalition has a Senior and Disability Pedestrian Safety Work Group that's led by WAC SF, and um, we're involved, and several other um, disability and senior organizations are involved. Um, we've been talking for years about the, the issue of bicycles on the, the sidewalk. Um, and there was some work done many years ago that I think has improved it a lot, that you know, it's, it's illegal, people do get ticketed sometimes, unfortunately, that's been erratic, and unfortunately, it's, it's often been um, younger people of color in the tenderloin getting ticketed instead of um, you know, just kind of racial and class disparities around who's getting ticketed um, that seems more about who do we want on our streets rather than safety for seniors and people with disabilities. So, just to kind of complicate that issue some more. 
Um, and then the, the street crossing time came up. I think people know that um, last year there was a big victory around getting MTA to agree to lengthen all of those crossing times. And they, they do talk about the, the time that it will take to actually um, convert intersections to the new crossing time in the new plan that was mentioned. I can't remember what it's called. Um, the plan, the Vision Zero plan that, that MTA just put out a few weeks ago or three weeks ago, maybe something like that. Um, anyway, so I, I believe their plan was to do it over five years. And so we will be pushing them and hopefully you can help as well that that's too long, right? We understand that it's going to take some time. They have to go intersection by intersection, but that needs to happen faster. Um, you know, th another crash just got mentioned that I hadn't heard about. I guess uh, it was um, Commissioner Pappas that mentioned it. Um, and obviously, uh, we need to act more quickly to stop these, these crashes and deaths. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments or questions from the public? Okay, Diane, thank you for that attack. Okay, so um, I attended the TAC meeting at the beginning, at the end of February, and we, um, it was combined with the um, C4A policy uh, meeting as well. I'm just going to go very, very briefly. We had two major presentations. One was on the Older Americans Act, which will be called the California Community Living Act. Um, basically, the Older Californians Act was last re revised uh, in 1997. There hasn't been a lot since then. They're looking at following more a federal model and doing some consolidations because you have 19 departments handling some of these, um, the some piece of aging or uh, disability um, programs. And then that mirrors in the legislature with that many committees handling things. Um, one of their goals is a no wrong door, kind of a consolidation that you see with the ADRCs, so that if I make a call, it's kind of a one stop. I, if I don't, can't get help, at least I know uh, where to go. Um, talking about the ADRCs, there are only seven in the state. And again, one of the members of TAC commented on the independent living centers, of which there are very few, and they provide that um, kind of help already. Um, the uh, second presentation was a representative from the SCAN Foundation, and this was about a California master plan on aging, which is different from um, the Older Americans Act. And this is something that the governor has mentioned in, mentioned in his state of the state. Um, so there's already a piece of legislation that we're tracking on that. And um, the kind of a comprehensive um, statewide strategy that would include emergency planning. We saw some legislation around that last year um, looking at um, Alzheimer's issues, and there's a bill around that. Um, just a couple of things from the executive committee. The um, tax, or there's a tax, there's a tax checkoff, just like there's for the senior legislature. That's going well. Committee sent a letter to the new governor. And they're looking to update their website so that we formed a committee of three. And it was suggested that those of us on the TAC um, update our LinkedIn to reference that as a way of letting local communities know. Um, we talked a little bit about the Commission on Aging. Uh, on the Commission on Aging at the state level, there's a number of uh, positions that are up and people will serve until that time. Um, the governor has. Uh, put monies in the budget for the restoration of IHSS servicing, um, the, count, the maintenance of effort, 
And uh, then on the following day, oh, and th then there had been a hearing on caregiving, and there's a task force, the task force report was that. And then on the next day, we went to C4A policy meeting, and um, assembly person Nazarian spoke with us, and we had a number of uh, members of the legislature come in and talk about both the master plan and the Older Americans Act. And then I went with Marin County to visit with one of their representatives, and that was helpful. Thank you very much, Diane. It's been a busy month for you. Um, any comments or questions to the commission? Thank you. Case report. No case report. Okay. The nominating committee report, um, Commissioner Vera. Serenia, President Serenia, um, the uh, nominating committee met on March 22nd, um, Commissioner Knudsen and Commissioner Pappas and myself, um, with the support from Bridget, all came together and reviewed the uh, candidates that were put forth um, to the department, and we are... Um, the, I'll just read the names so everybody knows. Um, Dr. Mary Edelman. Marcy. Uh, oh, it says, oh, sorry. I thought so. Okay. All right. I thought maybe it was a, like Teddy Theodora. But okay, great. Got it. Thank you. Uh, Betty Hammond, Louise Hines, and Elizabeth Ann Warren, who's the ex-officio. Um, and we all uh, had a lot of um, comments, conversation around the level of commitment and our appreciation for the um, members of the council who have served. And we wanted to um, advance their names again this year, and we did so with unanimous vote. Um, and we were, um, yeah, so we, we did so with unanimous vote, and so we bring forward these names to you, uh, to the full commission, to vote on uh, the slate that we have presented to you. Uh, their uh, applications are also in your packets. Um, so if there's any questions, we're happy to Thank you. answer uh, them. Since it's coming from the committee, we don't need a second. And um, any comments or questions from commission? Any comments or questions from the public? Hearing none, call the question. All in favor, do we need to vote for them one at a time or can we vote for them? Uh, one at a time. One at a time, okay. For Dr. Marcy Edelman to be reappointed. Am I, um, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Thank you, the motion carries. For <coughs> Betty Hammond, um, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Thank you, the motion carries. For Louise Hines, do I, um, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Thank you. The motion carries. And Elizabeth Ann Warren, ex officio. Um, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Thank you. And thank all of these for their service. And thank you to the committee for doing such a good job and such a thorough review. Thank you. Item number five, any old business? Okay. Item number six, new business. Fanny Lapitan will be here with the CLF six-month report and annual plan update. Welcome, Fanny. Good morning, commissioners and executive director McSpadden. Um, 
Hi, my name is Fanny Labatan, Program Analyst with um, Long-Term Care Operations at DOS, and I'm happy to be here today to present to you today the Community Living Fund Six-Month Report and Annual Plan. I'd like to start with a quick review of CLF. Um, the Community Living Fund was created in 2006 to support aging in place and community placement alternatives for individuals who may otherwise require care within an institution. A section in the San Francisco Administrative Code requires that DOS report CLF's level of services provided and cost incurred every six months, along with an annual plan for the continuing implementation of the program. My report today will be fulfilling this requirement. Um, CLF provides home and community-based services using a two-pronged approach of coordinated case management and purchase of goods and services. The Institute on Aging, or IOA, is currently the, uh, the contracted service provider for the CLF services. The program serves adult San Francisco residents whose incomes are up to 300% of the federal poverty level, are willing and able to live in the community with appropriate supports, and have a demonstrated need for a service or resource that will serve to enable community living or prevent institutionalization. Um, the full program eligibility criteria is available in Appendix A of the annual plan. The target population includes individuals ready for discharge from Laguna Honda Hospital, Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital, and other San Francisco skilled nursing facilities, or um, the individuals who are at imminent risk of institutional placement, but are willing and able to live or remain in the community with appropriate supports. Um, I'd like to just briefly share a few notable highlights from the reports. Um, in the six-month report covering July 1st through December 31st, 2018, CLF received a total of 111 referrals. Although a decrease from the prior period, this number is generally consistent with trends over the life of the program. Most of these referrals, about 79%, were eligible for CLF. Trends in ethnic profile of new referrals remain generally consistent with prior trends. Referrals for white clients remain the largest group at 38%. African Americans are at 31%, Latino at 15%, and Asian and Pacific Islander or API referrals at 11%. During this reporting period, CLF served 370 clients in total with 78% receiving intensive case management and purchase of equipment and services through IOA, um, and then 102 clients receiving rental subsidy and services through Brilliant Corners. Brilliant Corners is our contracted partner for scattered site housing placements and rental subsidy administration. CLF transitioned um, four clients into scattered site housing during this period of which two were from Laguna Honda, one was from another SNF, and uh, one was in the community and was diverted from institutionalization. IOA also administers an annual satisfaction survey for the CLF program. During 2018, the overall client satisfaction with the program increased from 79% to 92%. Survey results for services meeting clients' needs also increased from 81% to 97%. And clients overall reported that the program meets or exceeds their needs or expectations, with 93% having recommended the program to others. Uh, and then moving on to the annual plan for July 2019 through June 2020, um, the integrated housing model will continue 
into fiscal year 1920 to facilitate the care coordination and transition of individuals from Laguna Honda or other San Francisco SNF to the scattered site housing um, in the community. Again, scattered site housing and rental subsidy administration is a contract in collaboration with Berlin Corners. Um, the CLF program hosts a monthly multidisciplinary team meeting, which includes DOS, um, Brilliant Corners, IOA, and um, Laguna Honda to discuss referrals and the needs of clients for a, tr a successful transition. CLF will um, continue to support the animal bonding services for isolated LGBT older adults and adults with disabilities through Shanti Project's PAWS, which stands for Pets Are Wonderful Support. For many, pets are considered family members and individuals often delay or forego their own needs in order to meet their pets' needs. CLF helps um, increase the capacity of PAWS to assist low-income and frail individuals who meet CLF criteria by funding the purchase of um, tangible goods and services such as um, pet supplies, pet food, um, and vet services. The CLF program will also continue its aim to serve a population that is representative of San Francisco's diverse population. Um, IOA is targeting efforts to increase reach to a bro broader ethnic demographic, specifically the API population. Um, these efforts include adding a partnership with Self-Help for the Elderly, um, hosting a number of API-focused roundtables and presentations, and they are currently in the process of hiring two additional bilingual care managers, one Japanese-speaking and another um, Chinese-speaking. IOA will continue these and additional efforts into fiscal year 1920 um, to increase referrals and enrollment from the API community. Um, of note, API enrollment to the program has increased from 17% to 19% during this reporting period. Um, at this time, I'd be happy to answer any questions the commissioners may have. Thank you, Fanny. Um, <clears throat> any comments or questions from the commission? Oh, Martha, Commissioner Simpson, <laughs> it works. Pushed, I pushed the button and it worked. <laughs> uh, just a couple questions. Um, thank you for this comprehensive report. It's yes. always such a great foundation, and usually I don't have any questions after it because of that. Just, um, is there any cause for concern for the, uh, you said a significant decrease from the prior period, but generally consistent with trends over the program? So is there any cause for concern or anything that we should know about, um, or just a a blip. Yeah, <laughs> let me just, are you yeah. referring to the referrals? Um, yes, I'm sorry, okay. referrals on yeah. page one. Yeah, that, no that problem. Yeah. We, there, aren't, there, we, there aren't any concerns at this time because again, it is, um, it's sort of, um, it's still the trend from previous um, reports. Um, and also, it, it, in general, we've seen a decrease in uh, referrals for other programs as well. So it's kind of like across the board. So it's not mm -hmm. just the CLF program. So okay. at this time, we there are no um, you know significant concerns about it. But of course, we we do continue to um, increase uh, our efforts to increase the referrals. Okay, and that's that's what you're doing around the increased outreach. Exactly. That, that's what yes. we're doing. Okay. And then the second question I <laughs> actually just, it seemed like good news, it's on page four and you mentioned it, uh, just the fact that overall satisfaction had increased from 79 to 92%. Mm -hmm. um, can you give us any particular good reasons for that or anything that you could say, point to that you, you would be a cause for that or? 
Um, just wanted to I, say that's that's good. And yeah, was there? Um, I'm not sure if I haven't seen like the narrative or anecdotal okay. uh, comments that may be associated with that satisfaction. Um, and I'm not. I have Matthew Moulet from CLF here mm -hmm. that he might have that information. I'd like to call him up to see. Yeah, because it seems statistically significant to me. So yeah, it's a really big improvement. Yeah. 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 Good morning. Um, so this, uh, the improvement in overall Can status. you please, please state your name? Taken to the microphone here. How about that? There we go. And your, um, name, your name, please. My name is Matthew Millay, the director of the Community Living Fund at the Institute on Aging. Thank you for having me. Uh, the increase from 79 to 92% mm -hmm. in our overall program satisfaction, uh, I think is, is partly in due to the way in which we're continuing to, uh, to outreach a lot of our clients. We're expanding some of our creativity. We've increased our case management load, mm -hmm. our, increased our overall case managers and their, their ability to continue to meet their needs in, in more creative ways. So we've promoted some uh, case managers from within, which has enabled us to bring in some outside uh, uh, case managers that have come up with some new creative ideas and some new ways to meet the client's needs. Great, okay, well thank you for that detail. I appreciate it. Thank you. Any other comments or questions, Commission? Um, Fanny, I just have one that you may not be able to answer, but I'm curious. We read a great deal about the displacement in the city of low-income people and particularly low-income seniors. Are you seeing any evidence of that with this recent decline in the number of people being Is there anything to be concerned about there that you've been noticing through the CLF? Um, I personally have not, but um, I have seen reports that, yes, that is a concern, and CLF um, continues to look at that and see how we can best address um, uh, those issues and those concerns um, with, um, you know, with, with our resources at this time. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And any other comments or questions? Okay. Thank you, Fanny. Thank you. Oh, any public comment um, or questions? None. Okay. Oh. I am. Can you please state your name? Oh, my name is Sophia <coughs> Deanda. And um, I just recently attended, I think I'm, I didn't hear enough about LGBT outreach. And I am a client of Open House, but will I have to go to CLF? Or is, are you collaborating with? Uh, I'm sorry, if you speak, to speak into, into the into microphone, the microphone oh, please. I apologize. Um, are they? <coughs> I know they mentioned LGBT communities, but are you doing? Are they doing outreach to Open House, where there's a large LGBT community senior? So that was a question. I just wanted to make sure that we're included in this. 98, 93% customer satisfaction. I think we're excluded. I'm not sure. So could she kindly address that? Thank you. Sure, thank you for that question. Um, Excuse me, but can I just um, remind the audience that public comment is um, only for, it's an opportunity for the public to state their opinion and for the commission and staff to listen only. And in the, um, we can get his name and contact information, and we can refer to staff on that to get him some more help. Thank you, Bridget. Sure. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you. <laughs> Any other comments or questions from the public? Okay. Item A, 
requesting authorization to modify the existing contract agreement with Panoramic Software Inc. for the provision of software licensing and maintenance services during the period of July 1st, 2019 through June 30th, 2023 for an additional amount of $969,660 plus a 10% contingency for a total amount not to exceed $2,386,626. Thank you, Thomas McGeorge. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning, Commissioners and Director McSpadden. My name is Thomas McGeorge, Project Manager from the Department of Aging and Adult Services. I'm sorry, can you please speak into the mic? Yeah. Thank you. My name is Thomas McGeorge, Project Manager from the Department of Aging and Adult Services. I am requesting authorization to modify the existing contract agreement with Panoramic Software Inc. Panoramic Software Inc. provides the department with a primary software tool to carry out our day-to-day -day operations in the public administrator, public guardian, representative payee, and the County Veterans Services Office. I would like to request to extend services for an additional four years during the period of July 1st, 2019 through June 30th, 2023 for the provision of software licensing, monthly maintenance, user support, analysis research, procedure development, and banking activities for the public administrator, public guardian, representative payee, and the County Veterans Services Office. The web-based database is proprietary software that will allow DAS staff to track vulnerable clients under conservatorship and extract case management and fiscal accounting caseload reports as required by DAS and the State of California. The contractor will also develop a referral enhancement mod module to the public guardian system, which will allow for a way for the program to better locate, track, and report out on referrals received. This is an essential enhancement that will facilitate the program's ability to streamline the process for accepting new referrals from the community and city partners, as well as hospitals. I am happy to answer any questions you may have. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any comments or questions from the Commission? Any comments or questions from the public? Hearing none, may I have a motion to approve? So moved. Do I have a second? Second. Thank you. Um, any other comments? All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Thank you. The motion carries. Thank you very much. Item B. Requesting authorization to modify the existing grant agreement with Southwest Community Corporation for the provision of community service health and fitness programming during the period of July 1st, 2019 through June 30th, 2020 for an additional amount of $100,000 plus a 10% contingency for a new total amount not to exceed $599,825. Thank you, Linda Murley. Good morning, uh, President Serenian, and Commissioners and Executive Director McSpadden. Uh, I seek your approval to modify the Community Services Grant Agreement with the Southwest Community Corporation to support health programming at the IT Bookman Com Multipurpose Community Center. The IT Bookman Center is located on Randolph Street in the Oceanside area of the city. This is basically where One Ipro Sarah and 19th Cross, so it's in the southeast area of the city. 
uh, I.T. Bookman serves a primarily African-American constituency, and more than half of the people who go there are over 75 years old. The African-American Health Initiative issued its 2018 report on the health of African-Americans in San Francisco, and the report revealed that Asian Pacific Islander, Caucasian, and Latino older adults live an average of 10 years longer than African-American older adults in San Francisco. Regular exercise is proven to increase longevity and the ability to live independently. Exercise reduces stress and anxiety, can alleviate depression, lower blood pressure, and may lower the risk of Alzheimer's disease. IT Bookman will gear its activities towards individuals with various levels of mobility um, and will enhance physical and cognitive health. <clears throat> activities will include music, dance, and fall prevention. The community center will also have activities going on on Saturdays. So it'll be an increase of 50 units of service this year and 190 next year. Um, some funding this year is going to be spent on buying some new tables and chairs for the center. The chairs are really, I've been there several times, the chairs are really old, and when you exercise, it's good to have something to be able to lean on or stand or, or lean against. Some exercises will be chair exercises. The table is the same situation. You need something to balance on and help to get up. The chairs are going to have wheels on them, and so they can be easily moved. Um, they're also going to have locks so that they don't go roaming freely. Um, so some funding, I'm sorry, uh, let me go back to where I was. An activity coordinator is going to be hired to help facilitate all of this to make sure that things are going well. Um, the voters of San Francisco voted in favor of the sugary beverages tax proposition um, in November of 2016. This was Prop V. The money is coming from Prop V. Um, because low-income ethnic minorities and youth consume more sugary drinks than the general population and disproportionately suffer more from chronic health conditions, the money is going towards ethnic communities to help with health issues. May I answer any questions? Thank you, Linda. Any comments or questions? Commissioner Liu. Yeah, I'm wondering what kind of table are they? It's like about... Uh, uh, $500 per table? They're, I believe they're called nesting tables so that they can be folded up and easily moved. One of the things for both uh, participants and staff at a community center is to be able to move things easily and store things. So they're more expensive than, um, you can, I think you can get like a $30 table from Target that is plastic table that is not going to withstand years of service is not as strong and is not as easy to move. Yeah, I thought it's really quite, quite expensive for $500 for a table. Um, well, I know that um, the executive director will be looking at the best way to spend her money. Um, there are tables at the center now, but they belong to another provider, and they're very old, and they're these plastic ones that are just not very strong. <coughs> well, I hope they will as last as long as I last. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, too, Commissioner. I hope you last a really long time. So. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Any other comments or questions from the Commission? Any comments or questions from the public? Your Honor, may I have a motion to approve? So move. Do I have a second? Second. Thank you. Any other comments? Thank All you. in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Thank you. The motion carries. Item C. 
requesting authorization to modify the existing grant agreement with Mission Neighborhood Health Center for the provision of intergenerational program during the period of January 1st, 2019 through June 30th, 2021 for an additional amount of $45,418 plus a 10% contingency for a total amount not to exceed $199,265. Welcome, Tiffany Kearney. Thank you. Good morning, Commissioners, President Serenia and Executive Director McSpadden. Uh, the current grant uh, with Mission Neighborhood Center for their intergenerational program called Weaving Hearts has three components. The first is a youth-led technology training program. The second is a percussion and singing class. And the third is a cooking class. The current budget supports the cooking class and music class once per month. The modification presented today for the commission's approval adds funding that will enable Mission Neighborhood Center to offer the cooking class and music class more often starting next fiscal year. Intergenerational programming, as you may recall, is a recommendation in the Dignity Fund Needs Assessment Report. Weaving Hearts not only meets consumer demand for intergenerational programming, but it also helps to address other gaps and needs identified in the report. Consumer participation rate in District 9, where Mission Neighborhood Center is located, was noted to be uh, low when compared to other districts citywide, and consumers living in this district expressed a need for more programs that provide opportunities for um, consumers to engage in creative arts, such as music, and for programs that celebrate culture, such as a cooking class that focuses on tr traditional Hispanic and Latino foods and celebrations. Providing activities that are requested and valued by our consumers will likely increase service engagement. Furthermore, having the capability or the capacity to deliver these activities in Spanish, um, which is a primary language or preferred language for many of the eligible consumers in District 9, helps address uh, language barriers. The two additional classes will add 40 hours of programming each year, starting next year. And the Weaving Hearts program at Mission Neighborhood Center is already off to a fantastic start and is on track uh, to meet the service objectives for this year. Thank you, and I would be happy to try to answer any questions the commission may have at this time. Thank you, Tiffany. Any comments or questions from the commission? Any comments or questions from the public? Okay, may I have a motion to approve? So moved. Second. Thank you. Um, any other comments? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Thank you. The motion carries. Any general public comment at this time? Jessica, welcome back. Hello, thank you for having me again. Um, I just had three quick announcements um, about uh, big things that are going on. Um, actually, the first is something that isn't going on. People may have heard that a, a Senior and Disability Action was supposed to have a happy hour fundraiser uh, next Monday, and that has been postponed um, because they are temporarily closed on Monday. So hopefully um, that will be rescheduled and we'll let you know. Um, we are also um, with CARA and the Community Living Campaign um, doing a workshop on your rights during a hospital stay. 
Um, and that's happening next Thursday, April 11th from 1 to 3 at the Unitarian Universe, Uni Universalist Church, excuse me, at Franklin and Geary. Um, so we hope people can join us for that. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention was Disability and Aging Capital Action Day. Hopefully folks have started to hear about it. This is the first year that um, the disability community and the senior community are joining forces with a really big lobby day at the state capitals. It's very exciting. Um, and this is happening on Thursday, May 23rd. Um, SDA is working with Independent Living Resource Center to coordinate. Um, ILRC is really taking the lead on buses and making sure we get people there. We'll have legislative visits. There's a rally, um, a march, a resource fair. It's a wonderful day. Um, so I, I would encourage commissioners to come if you're able, um, and certainly to encourage folks that you work with to come as well. Um, you can certainly contact me directly for more information, and we'll be putting out emails far and wide. Thanks. Thank you. Any other general public comment? Hearing none. Any announcements? Commissioner Pappas. Yeah, I just wanted to make note of the fact that um, and it, it kind of piggybacks on something you raised earlier, uh, President Sereno, uh, and was reflected in uh, the Insight uh, column on housing affordability for uh, aging adults. Uh, I attended at the invitation of uh, Mayor Breed uh, a presentation on a $300 million housing affordability bond that is going to be um, on the ballot this November. Uh, and uh, she announced uh, in concert also with uh, President of the Board of Supervisors, Norman Yee, that she was able to uh, procure another $200 million uh, through the city administrator's office. Uh, there are four working groups for this, uh, on, uh, for this ballot initiative. One of them is being headed up by uh, Annie Chung from uh, Self-Help for the Elderly. And one of the working groups in particular is seeking input uh, for this uh, housing affordability general obligation bond uh, from the for, for uh, housing affordability for seniors and I think it would be probably a good idea if we looked into that a little more and perhaps we're able to to make some input as as this uh, comes to the fore thank you Commissioner Pappas any other announcements hearing none motion to adjourn don't move. Second. Thank you. <laughs> By rising vote. Thank you very much. Rising vote. I think it's up to 500 million now.